Welcome back to another podcast with the round guy, Steve Pilchett, along with uh, my compadre, Dave Johnson. We are privileged today to have as our guest, Brian Downs, who is the uh, executive director of the John Wayne Museum in Winterset, Iowa. Brian, good morning. Uh, good morning. I have to correct you. It's the John Wayne Birthplace and Museum. Okay, I'm glad you did. Okay. John Wayne Birthplace and Museum. That is correct, yes. We're in Winterset, Iowa. Brian, how long have you been in that capacity? I've been here about a dozen years. I moved here from Chicago in uh, 2008. And it was uh, specifically to take that position, or was that something that came after you relocated to the great state of Iowa? No, I was uh, recruited, and yes, it's the great state of Iowa. I was recruited after John Wayne's uh, centennial birthday in 2007. Um, it was a great fit for uh, both the museum and for myself. Okay, now, uh, was that the year that uh, Maureen O'Hara was here as well? No, she came in 2013, and she was here for four days. She loved it. And, and uh, tell us a little bit about... Uh, how that came to pass that she she became a guest of the museum and some of the things you said she was here for four days some of the things that happened I assume she was older and not able to do uh, a lot of things she probably would have liked to do and you had and and you folks there would have liked her to do but but just tell us I'm fascinated by that uh, they made several movies together and it was always a very uh, electric kind of uh, relationship on screen. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Maureen, uh, there was nothing that Maureen wanted to do here in Winterset that she couldn't do. Um, I met her first when I was working at the Chicago Tribune. I was working on an article about The Quiet Man, and I met her at her hotel in Chicago while she was filming another picture. And um, we just stayed friends over the years. So she had been living in Ireland most of the time, and then finally at age 93, she moved to Boise, Idaho to be near her family. The family asked me if I would come out and visit her there, which I did, and um, I told them about what was happening at the John Wayne birthplace, and they said they'd like to attend. Um, so it was really that simple. A, um, a local company had a corporate jet, which they provided for her and went out and picked her up and brought her home. And um, she was uh, she was here for everything. She was at a dedication of our statue of John Wayne. Um, she was at a... Um, at a uh, Western swing dance the night before our big event, and then she was guest of honor at a um, at a benefit dinner and auction um, dedicated to her, uh, which uh, was attended by nearly a thousand people. And anybody who was here that weekend wanted to meet her, they had that opportunity. She was just she was just wonderful. And, and how old would she have been at that time? She was ninety three, and she passed away two years later at age ninety five. Wow! Wow! What a wonderful career and and uh, several movies, as we discussed, with John Wayne, and, and in particular, The Quiet Man, you already referenced that. That it was a favorite of mine. What were some of the other movies the two of them appeared in? Uh, do you recall? I do. They first appeared together in a uh, 1950 picture called Rio Grande, a cavalry picture with John Ford directing. And then um, after that, it was uh, Wings of Eagles. Um, I'm sorry, The Quiet Man and Wings of Eagles. Then, of course, McClintock. 
And their final pairing, John Wayne, Maureen O'Hara's final pairing on screen was in um, Big Jake. That was, I believe, 1970. Okay. Uh, that's wonderful. Five movies and all. So you got to, you must have gotten to know her pretty well. Uh, very well. Um, I traveled to Ireland uh, annually for almost for, forever. And um, after we met, she invited me to her home in Ireland, and uh, we never failed to get together for dinner and uh, a nice visit. We wow. usually spend the day together about once a year. That's awesome. Okay, well, that's that was something I couldn't wait to talk with you about. But let's, let's move back then to uh, the start, uh, the birth, if you will, of the museum. And some of the things that you you have there that are relative to John Wayne's uh, career and his his birthplace. Well, firstly, John Wayne died in 1979, and up till that point, there had been very little interest in the place he was born. People more or less accepted Iowa, and the bigger bands accepted Winterset, Iowa, and so there were tons of people who flocked to town wanting to see the home where John Wayne was born. And uh, there was discussion about um, it being a, a tourist attraction by our local uh, civic leaders. And the home was purchased in the early 80s and opened to the public in 1982, which means we're going to be 40 years old next year. Um, and for many of those years, the little home itself was plenty of attraction enough, um, but it was, it was tiny. A little small four-bedroom cottage is the best way to describe it. And the public was welcome to visit and, um, and see small exhibits about John Wayne's life. But um, we just knew because the crowds kept coming, we knew at some point we'd have to have a, a more uh, realistic museum, uh, something to fit the definition of museum rather than an exhibit of uh, photographs. So um, at that point, um, around, uh, we started that in earnest in uh, 2008. And it took us about six or seven years to open phase one of the museum. And then now we're just about to complete phase two, which is going to double our exhibit space. Um, inside the museum, uh, vis visitors will see a, a short film in a beautiful, small 1930s-style theater uh, with John Wayne movie highlights. Um, they will also see uh, John Wayne's uh, personal automobile. The 1972 Pontiac station wagon. Um, they will see the uh, Irish horse cart from The Quiet Man, and they will see cases upon cases of uh, movie wardrobe and um, other collectibles provided by our board president, Joseph Zuxworks. Um, he's, um, we have uh, movie posters on display, uh, bronzes, um, movie mugs, which John Wayne would distribute to people who work on the pictures with. Um, we, uh, let me see, we have a, one collection of commemorative firearms dedicated to John Wayne. Um, just you name it, um, even a, even a, an exhibit dedicated to um, his yacht, The Wild Goose. We have one full case on that, and that was his home away from home when he wasn't working in the movies. So um, out front is a uh, slightly larger-than-life statue of Duke that was presented to us by John Wayne's family at the time of our um, his 100th birthday. And, um, oh, you name it. And um, our new exhibit's going to feature an exhibit on John Wayne's Alamo, which will include a cannon from the movie, um, wardrobe from the picture, uh, a couple of Mexican uniforms, a coonskin cap from the movie, and a um, scale model. Roughly covers the space of a like a double bed. You find your home, it's, it's that big. So what, maybe I beat by six. 
it's a very detailed uh, scale model of John Wayne's Alamo movie set. We are talking with uh, Brian Downs, who is the executive director of the John Wayne Birthplace and Museum. Did I get that right? Correct. Okay. Brian, tickled to speak with you. And, you know, this, see if you agree with this, but it makes sense to me that here in Iowa, uh, people are very uh, passionate about uh, sports and and our, our celebrities and, and just the chance to get out and about and, and see some of this. But it makes sense to me that many Iowans are similar to uh, folks like say let's say New York City, where when you visit with someone there, and you say, "Hey, have you ever been to the uh, Statue of Liberty?" Many of them will say, "No, no, I haven't been there." Well, have you been to the uh, Empire State Building? No, I haven't been there. It makes sense to me that there are probably a good many Iowans who would say that they, while they live here in Iowa, enjoy it perhaps have not yet been to the John Wayne Birthplace and Museum. Well, you know, that's a fact. I told you I come from Chicago, and to this day I've never set foot in the uh, in the Art Institute, and people come from all over the world to see it. I just, one of those things, I never get around to it. It was just, it was just too convenient. But with our uh, with our recent uh, plague, with the coronavirus, um, we, we are seeing that beginning to change. Um, we would have any on any given weekend you'd see cars from a, dip, a dozen different states, but um, not not so many Iowans, and that has changed a lot in the last year, year and a half. Um, Iowans have come to appreciate um, their their heritage more, as far as uh, you know, day trips kind of thing. And it's, it's interesting to me that uh, you know, you know, another great Westerner, Buffalo Bill Cody, was also born in Iowa. Uh, Ronald Reagan was strong uh, Western connections. He um, his young manhood was spent in Iowa, so. Iowa's a great jumping off spot for some incredible Americans. Yeah, uh, and then we've perhaps the latest uh, uh, sightseeing place that's come under some scrutiny here of late is the the uh, film site for Field of Dreams. And that's amazing how that took off. No, the movie yeah. is, movies are fun. 15 years ago, I'm, I'm not sure, at least 10, and um, now it's just, there's, there's no stopping. I mean, the growth is so popular. I think Iowa is what a lot of Americans see themselves as, you know, going way back to the State Fair movies, a series of movies, going back to the Music Man. It's just kind of a place you go to in your dreams, and um, that, that certainly was the case for me. Loving America, all of America, but living in a place where it's just the American spirit is so strong. Oh, I, I I certainly agree with that, and in, and in fact, it's if if you were to research all of the things that have happened in Iowa and all the famous people that have been through here, uh, several celebrities, uh, a lot of folks don't know, died here in Iowa, and and there's so many things to see that if they were dedicated to spend some time to see all of these attraction it would take them a, a couple of weeks perhaps to do it if to do it right it certainly would yeah now uh give us the website information and social media uh, outlets that would allow somebody hearing us now to uh after we talk uh get on your internet and and check out some things and possibly uh 
plan a trip around just those types of things we're talking about, maybe this this spring or this summer? Well, our, uh, we have a website, um, John Wayne Birthplace dot museum, very important dot museum at the end. And that tells our story very well. And then all the latest uh-huh. updates are found on Facebook at John Wayne Birthplace Museum. So we're very easy to find in there. Okay. All right. Well, now let's get uh, back to some of the the heart of the the matter here. When when you said the museum was started, uh, you mentioned that John Wayne's family donated a number of different things, and that's certainly uh, uh, an excellent gesture on their part, and yet uh, allows folks to see more of the personalization of, of where he was born and grew up a little bit. What would, in your mind, be the most exciting part of the exhibit and the one you'd say to someone, do not miss this uh, display, you know, when you come out to the museum? Well, it's almost impossible to pick one single piece because everybody likes different pieces for different reasons. I'm uh, I'm very excited about the horse cart from, from the movie that was uh, used by both John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara throughout the movie. An um, automobile person would love to see John Wayne's station wagon. Um, if you love the, um, the strictly the movie side of things, then the, the huge collection of uh, wardrobe and, um, and sculpture and movie contracts, movie mugs, um, just to see the clothes that John Wayne wore in, in your favorite movie is, is very exciting. Um, we have a we have wardrobe from um, I say wardrobe a lot of people would say costumes but I learned to say wardrobe because that's what they would call it in the in the movie business. Um, you'd see things he wore in um, in True Grit. You'll see his coat in True Grit. You'll even see the eye patch he wore in one of the eye patches he wore in True Grit. Um, you see um, uh, pieces from uh, Rio Bravo from the Man Who Shot. They're pretty balanced. Uh, cavalry exhibit from um, the five or six. Uh, movies that feature John Wayne and the Cavalry. So I, I I wouldn't go on a limb and pick a number one item. It just wouldn't wouldn't be fair to other people's personal preferences. Well, all right. That that certainly covers a good many items. What would be, in your estimation, Brian, the uh, the the uh, creme de la creme, uh, the holy grail of of uh, John Wayne's items that you don't have that you're searching for well you certainly would like um firearms that he used in the movies we don't have a single one but that could change at any time um collectors who are out there uh, around the country um purchased a lot of items from a uh, john wayne auction uh, conducted by the wayne family several years ago and as they get older they might like to share and see these things enjoyed without by other people but creme de la creme, you know what? We have some we have some one of a kind pieces here. They're just priceless, and um, we I think we take a backseat to no one in, in those in those particular artifacts. Um, um, one of my favorites that anybody can see any time of the day or night is the uh, seven and a half foot bronze statue of John Wayne, which greets visitors at the front door. And even when they're closed um, year round, people stop and have their photograph taken there. So that's a, a fine piece of fine art that um, that's just not on public view anywhere else. Uh, but 
I think the boyhood home, the small home where Wayne was born, is very special to people. Sometimes they go in there and, they, and they, they, their eyes well up with tears. They're so moved by it. And you know, that's where the story and that's where the legend began. So that's extremely important. Um, but no, it, it's, it's, as they say, different strokes for different folks. But um, we had a writer here from a major paper who was focused on the saddle that was used in the Cowboys because that happened to be his favorite movie. So, but as far as um, there are there are always pieces out there, but we've got some really unique items right now. John Wayne's daughter about two years ago um, presented us with his bookcase from his home, and a bookcase is just a bookcase, except that we know John Wayne loved to read. That was his great pastime. He loved to learn and experience new things, and and he would he would eat books for lunch. He just he was a was the first reader, and um. He would, um, he would, uh, this is, this is a very, very important piece of furniture in his home. So you, and a lot of our items are not under glass, uh, which is nice. We respect our visitors and we haven't had any reason to protect them beyond what they are already. John Wayne fans are very respectful, so they can get very up close and personal with a lot of these items. Uh, we're going answer with... your question. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Brian Downs is with us, the executive director of the, John Wayne Birthplace and Museum. I read a story once, Brian, where uh, out in Hollywood there was a bar that John Wayne frequented uh, on a on a very regular basis, and that he always stood at one end of this bar, and it over time he had carved his name into the the hardwood of the bar. Do you recall a story like that? It's a story I don't know. He did have uh, some favorite watering holes, um, especially when he lived in Newport Beach uh, next to the ocean. Um, but then, of course, before that, for years, he was in just outside of Hollywood. Um, so, and he had his favorite uh, watering holes, his favorite uh, saloons. He had uh, clubs that he would attend where they had for steam baths and all kind of private clubs where he'd get together with movie buddies. But I'm sure there's more than one, but I don't know that particular one with the initials carved. Well, I, I was me. I was thinking that it, you know, if the owners, if it was still in operation, or maybe it was maybe it was closed here a while ago or something. But I, I, I just just thought that that section of the bar where he had carved his name into it would be an, an interesting display for you. Well, along those lines, John Wayne's last picture was called The Shootist, where he played an old gunfighter dying of cancer. And he called out his uh, enemies to all meet um, in a saloon um, in Carson City, Nevada. Now, that bar was actually built, or uh, uh, representation of that bar was built in, in the Hollywood soundstage. And the set designer had these beautiful panels are about uh, 10 feet tall. There are seven of them. And uh, you see them very clearly in the movie. So visitors to our museum can, in effect, stand at the very spot where John, Bain, John Wayne filmed the very last scene of his very last movie. So that um, when people understand that, that has meaning to it. Oh, yeah, I can see where that would. But it wasn't a real bar in the first place. It was, it was a Hollywood make-believe bar, but it was gorgeous, a, a Victorian-era bar in the Old West. Do you uh, ever purchase any items that you want to put into your museum, or do you rely completely on, on folks donating an item? 
up till now, everything's been donated, every single piece, or it's on long-term loan. Um, and a lot of people, when they have these treasures, they, they hate to part with them, but they like to see them displayed and appreciated. Um, many items were purchased by the uh, president of our board, Mr. Zucksworth. And um, no, so he, he spent plenty of dollars on the items we're displaying right now. And, uh, and a great many of those were recently donated to the museum um, for, for permanent exhibit. So going forward, after we finish uh, paying for our expansion, then that could change. Then we might be in a position to start buying things. But we haven't so far simply because we haven't had to. I see. Well, and, and that's it's obviously to your advantage. The reason I mention it is, is that uh, uh, I subscribe to this auction house out in uh, California. And every now and then they have items from the movie. They have some movie memorabilia from Hollywood. And every now and then I'll see something from John Wayne. The last last month or two I saw there was a, a signed contract for one of his movies in there. And and then I've previously I've seen, and, and you mentioned this, where when he was in a movie and, and he would... Uh, uh, he would give out these big coffee mugs uh, that was relative to the movie at the time, and he gave those out to all his castmates. And I've seen those for sale. Uh, but they'll they'll have other. And they've had some wardrobe uh, from some of his movies, and I've never had the money to to purchase one. You know, as as you'd expect, they end up selling for, for a sizable amount of money. Uh, but I didn't know if you folks would would take advantage of something like that and see something that you'd want to purchase to, to in fact, put into the museum. Well, actually, what those items that you just mentioned are already on display in our museum. Uh, yeah, I remember you said the mugs. Yes, and, and movie and wardrobe, coats and pants and shirts and hats and uh, items of saddle. So the, there, there's a lot of a lot of items out there, but there's nothing you mentioned that we don't have uh, represented already in our museum in one fashion or another. How how much time would it take for somebody to come in, start at the beginning, and then walk out at the end uh, and, and have been able to say they saw everything that was there to see? Uh, depending on how much of a fan you are and how much you want to read, I would say an hour minimum, an hour and a half would be plenty. Now, are there uh, there in Winterset? I know there was another movie uh, made there that that uh, uh, relative to the fact that it was you know right there in in Winterset, the bridges of Madison County, right? That is correct. And the beauty of our town is. The, the buildings, the courthouse, nothing has changed in the past since John Wayne's time. And it's even older than that. Um, it's just really part of America. We've, uh, we've Our courthouse district has just been declared a national historic era. Um, we've received funding to restore a lot of our old buildings. And except for the automobiles on the street, um, you, could, uh, you could very well imagine that this is 1907, the year John Wayne was born. In fact, the, we're not just the birthplace home, we're the whole town. So many of the homes that he would have seen as a child. Um, you could, you can imagine his mother pushing the baby buggy up and down the streets of, of the very same houses people are living in today. What, what about that movie, The Bridges of Madison County? Do they have any kind of a, a museum?
museum or an ability to go through and relive some of the making of that film? Well, you can, of course, visit the bridges that were featured in the film. They're all in uh, beautiful uh, rural settings. Um, One as close as our city park. You can walk in Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep's footsteps if you know the movie. Um, I'm I'm sitting across from the courthouse right now. That you can see at a glimpse the uh, Northside Cafe um, where Clint Eastwood came to a defense of a woman. Um, That is... And it will include a horse parade, 
It will include movies at our vintage Iowa theater. We'll allow these movies played for the first time. Uh, a benefit dinner and auction. We'll have celebrities. We'll have music. Um, it's a jam-packed weekend for a uh, John Wayne-style weekend. Now, can you tease us with, uh, it might be a little early uh, to know if, as far as folks that have committed just a little bit with some of the celebrities that might be in attendance. I don't mean to break yeah. in, but it's too late, and uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, could we get you to stay on for another uh, segment, Brian? I'll stay certainly. All right. Well, this this is an amazing conversation, and uh, we this is uh, we're in part one here and start part two. Welcome back to the podcast, Round Guy here with Dave Johnson and our guest, uh, uh, part two of our conversation with Brian Downs, who is the executive director of the John Wayne Birthplace and Museum. Brian, again, hello, and thanks for being with us. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I appreciate the uh, conversation more than just doing a monologue on my own. As, as do we, sir. When we left off, you were about to uh, explain a little bit more in detail of the next big event coming up at the John Wayne Birthplace and Museum. And you were about to tease us with some of the uh, celebrity guests that may be on hand. So go ahead and finish up with that, if you would. Well, you know, we it's a very hard act to follow when we had Maureen O'Hara here, just even in, in when everybody in Hollywood was from the golden age was available. You couldn't have topped that. And we realized that. But we get as many of uh, John Wayne's uh, co-stars as possible. Uh, Robert Carradine, who played one of the boys in the Cowboys, has been here a couple times. Um, we've had uh, Christopher Mitchum, who was uh, John, Robert Mitchum's son, and he's, he's been here at least twice uh, for our events. Um, now, this year there's a movie called uh, Brannigan, and um, one of the uh, stars from that is the um, is the television star and movie star Leslie Ann Down. Uh, she's an invited guest uh, this year. Um, we also have the character actor Barry Corbin, who's in just about everything. Um, he's one of the busiest guys in the movies today. You might remember him from Lonesome Dove and um, oh, that uh, Urban Cowboy, and he was a star of the show um, uh, Northern Exposure. And he's just—he's always working. Uh, he was just on Yellowstone last week, as a matter of fact. Um, so he's been here a number of times, and he's looking forward to return. Um, we've had uh, musical celebrities here. We've had uh, country star Marty Stewart, cowboy singer Michael Martin Murphy, uh, singer Mo Bandy. Um, they've been here. Uh, this year we're going to have a uh, little western songbird uh, by the name of Corinne Marie. Um, she's our dinner entertainment. Uh, Glenn Campbell's daughter has been here, um, Ashley Campbell. Um, I know I'm leaving people out. Um, a regular, our most faithful attendee is John Wayne's daughter, Aisha Wayne, who goes out of her way to make time for everybody who wants to say hello, get a picture, get an autograph. And she's just um, one of our greatest assets. She's just um, so enthused about our project. She said something one time very interesting to me. Um, she was being interviewed by a TV crew that came to town when they heard she was here and they want to know what would your father think of all this and she said my dad his whole professional life understood his value to the studios um, he understood his uh, box office power um, he understood how that, that his what his salary would be and what a figure he was to America but she said never in his lifetime did he know how 
Um, so, and that's what's expressed here by all the folks who travel really from around the world to be here on those weekends. Um, they're just a, a great love because in John Wayne, we see ourselves and um, he was the most common, ordinary fellow you'd ever want to meet once you, in the 1970s, I spent a day at his home and um, through my newspaper work and I was in awe of the fact that I was sitting across the table from John Wayne but it's so strange. I never thought of the movie roles. I never thought of Rooster Cogburn. I never thought of Ethan Edwards. I never thought of McClintock. I never thought of the characters. But I was very much aware of what a huge star he was and that he took time out of his busy week and busy year to, to spend some time with me. And that's who he was. He just didn't treat people differently. He was everybody. Everybody received kindness from him. Well, wow. Wow. Let me let me ask you this, Brian. Uh, it wasn't much of a secret that that he wore uh, a toupee. That's correct. Now, was was he uh, okay with people knowing that, or was was he sensitive to the issue of of uh, wearing a toupee? Do you know? Well, at home and on his boat, he'd never wear a toupee. He would just uh, he'd just have a bald dome uh, with family and friends, or he would wear a baseball cap. And out in public, he'd wear a baseball cap or a fedora or or um, you know any any other kind of headgear. No, he was he knew that people knew it wasn't a secret, but he also didn't want to uh, disillusion them at the same time. For instance, on one trip in Vietnam around 1966. You see him with a group of servicemen um, in in some army camp somewhere, and did not have the toupee because he felt he had to be completely honest with those fellows because he had such respect for them. Um, no, but you can, without too much searching, you can find pictures like that. But he knew that he had an image to maintain, and that was extremely important to him. Wow. But I'll tell you this, I sat with him for hours and very close, just a couple of feet separating us. I never saw the toupee. It was on his head, but I, I was in awe of talking to him or he had a really good toupee, but it, it didn't even occur to me until after I got home. I said, oh, I didn't notice the toupee. And even though I knew it, I wasn't looking for it. Right, right. And it was also uh, well known that, that he was a heavy smoker. He was. Is that what took his life? Was lung cancer the reason that he passed? He passed. He had lung cancer in the early 60s, and he took it as a personal affront because everything he did, he did large. He ate well. He played hard. He drank hard. He smoked. He loved hard. Um, everything he did, he did to excess. And so there was, there was a reckoning day and that came in the sixties when he had a, uh, a lung lobe removed and he had to do the rest of his career up and he had to work with oxygen nearby when he was at high altitudes. Um, but then what, um, he succumbed finally in 1979 to stomach cancer and people argue all day about what causes stomach cancer. And having had my own experiences with that, um, very learned doctors will tell you, we don't know what causes cancer. If we knew, we'd fix it. And I think that's the most honest answer you could you could think of. So I don't yeah. think he would like to accept the fact that he didn't take care of himself. Uh, I think if he had his life to live over, he'd probably do it exactly the same way. Wait, Brian, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, always watching John Wayne movies with my dad growing up and going into remember seeing True Grit in the, the movie theater with him, you know, and, uh, but I want to talk about a movie 
uh, that John Wayne made about his dad, I believe, is either called Old Sacramento or Old California. I don't know if it had both names. And then talk a little bit about the time he grew up in Iowa and a little bit of time he spent in Keokuk, Iowa, please. Okay, well, um, the movie you're thinking of about his father, the only one that comes to mind is Shepherd of the Hills, and that's where he reconciled with his father. Um, I'm, I, I confess I'm not familiar with the storylines of the other two movies. But you want to talk about Keokuk? Um, there was a, um, oh my goodness, I, I'm drawing a blank here. There was a famous uh, California figure. Uh, I, I have the brochure here somewhere. Anyway, I was, I was out there at, a, at a, an event a couple of years ago, and Keokuk is extremely proud of their John Wayne connections. Um, and they, the community went all out to put on a uh, uh, movie uh, event. They did. We did a couple of John Wayne pictures. Uh, they had a dinner. It was just a fantastic event. Um, so, and I think there they have a plaque somewhere of the home where Wayne and his father lived for a short time. Um, no, I wish I had been prepared for this. I would have had an answer for you. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, Keokuk, of course, is a river town and is a beautiful old, uh, beautiful old place. I enjoyed my visit there quite a bit. Um, not a heck of a lot to see from John Wayne's time. Um, and we have to remember that Wayne lived in several places in Iowa. He lived in Brooklyn. He lived in Earlham. Um, there were people on the move a lot, just looking for the American dream. Um, and, you know, and they, oh, here we go, Conrad Nagel was a, uh, a movie figure, um, a silent movie actor and a uh, producer later on. And he, he was the Keokuk, uh, major figure from Keokuk. Um, but that was, uh, I enjoyed my visit there very much. The folks really rolled out the welcome. But what, what more can I tell you about Keokuk and John Wayne? There's just not a lot to tell. He went to school there for a short time, and as he did in, in other communities in Iowa. And the family left for California when Duke was about seven years old. So they really did not leave a huge mark on, on the state of Iowa, except that you can only be born in one place. Okay, we're talking with Brian Downs, the executive director of the John Wayne Birthplace and Museum, located in Winterset. Uh, Brian, uh, Dave talked a little about seeing John Wayne movies with his dad. Uh, similarly, my father would come home and, and, uh, sometimes, uh, he had stopped off at a watering hole, much like the Duke mm -hmm. and he'd come home and he would, uh, grace, uh, my brother and I and my mom with a, an impression of John Wayne and, and, uh, with the aid of a, a few alcoholic beverages, <laughs> That's a pretty uh, common story. Yeah, yeah. I, I know my, my dad was not the only one to do that. In fact, back in the day when I was drinking, I gave it up a long time ago. But I, I in memory of my father, I would sometimes attempt an impression. Much of the impression with John Wayne, though, was in his walk. Yes. And, and uh, as I said, I know my father wasn't the only one. Do you have any kind of a... Uh, uh, an ability there for people to do an impression of the Duke? Well, they're certainly welcome to. We had an event here one year with uh, country star Lynn Anderson, and there were three or four John Wayne impersonators uh, in the crowd, and they weren't part of our program at all. 
engaged with her at one point. It kind of got a little out of hand, actually. But they, they called themselves the Dancing Dukes, and which made me cringe a little bit, but I guess it was all in good fun because we certainly like to present John Wayne not as a character, and nor do we present him as a hero. We present him as a fine, fine actor with great American values, and we, we present his symbolism and what he meant to the country and to the world. Um, and I didn't think um, impersonators uh, went along with that with that impression we were trying to present. Maybe they were more trying to do Daisy Dukes. <laughs> well, the crowd enjoyed it, everybody but me. Uh, I see. Let me ask you this uh, before we let you go. And we sure enjoyed the time we had to visit with you uh, about the museum and the birthplace. What what kinds of, it makes sense you've got a, a gift shop. What kinds of souvenirs and things do you offer John Wayne fans uh, in your gift shop? Well, a, a popular item is a John Wayne stockade jacket, similar to what he wore in True Grit and a dozen other movies. It's like a canvas coat, but that he'd roll the sleeves up and kind of a short coat. Um, we also have a selection of hats resembling John Wayne hats, um, a huge selection of books. Um, we have, uh, of course, uh, DVDs, plenty of those, coffee mugs, lunch buckets, calendars, um, that kind of thing. And what's interesting to me, how John Wayne is different from so many other Hollywood figures, because name another Hollywood figure that has so much merchandise created in their name. I just simply can't think of anyone. There are a lot of huge actors in, in Hollywood's golden age. But it's just a little piece that people can take home, and it's literally a gift shop because more often than not, they're buying that for a, a brother or an uncle or a father who loves John Wayne, just a little souvenir uh, remembrance. My personal favorite are the books because I like to learn, and you don't learn a whole lot from a coffee mug, but you can uh, just you, you're never going to tire of reading on the subject of John Wayne because there's so many different facets to the man. Oh, that's great. That's but great. The gift shop is fully stocked. If you got a little tyke with you and he wants a cowboy hat, he can have that, or a stick horse, or he wants to read, or the movies. Movies are very popular. And yeah. uh, we know they're available elsewhere, but people appreciate buying them at the just steps away from the home where John Lane was born. Is oh, yeah, it makes sense. It, mean, it would have a lot more meaning to it. Well, listen, uh, Brian Downs, Executive Director of the John Wayne Birthplace and Museum, we have enjoyed part two of our conversation with you. And let's, uh, and we thank you for your time, but let's finish off by again reiterating some of the social media and some of the uh, uh, web addresses and that type of thing that uh, people hearing us now can, can go to their uh, computers after this and get more information and make plans to, uh, to come down and visit uh, your, your museum. Okay, uh, the website address is long, but it's very easy. John Wayne Birthplace, one word, dot museum. Okay, simple enough. And on Facebook is John Wayne Birthplace and Museum. Well, Brian, we appreciate your time and all of the information and inside stories. And your uh, next biggest event, you say, will be coming up next May, right? Memorial Day weekend, May 27 and 28. And well, don't, any, don't. any time's the time to visit, that's the time, because the whole town's John Wayne all weekend. Yeah, what, uh, what are your hours of operation? Uh, we are open at 10 a.m. daily. 
until um, in the winter time till 4 p.m. and um, in summertime uh, 5 o'clock if you're still in the building. Perfect. Brian, thank you so much for all your time and your abundance of information about John Wayne. Thank you, and I'd like to talk to you after our program is over. Okay. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. We did, too. Thanks, Brian.